Conference Championship December here in Dallas, Texas. I'm Kurt Watson alongside Parker Thune and Spencer Forsyth. This is the Game Day You Producers podcast, and we are going to bring y'all 15 minutes of content all about Sooner football preparing for Saturday's kickoff against the Baylor Bears. Parker, Spencer, Oklahoma State versus the Oklahoma Sooners. Bedlam this past weekend. Big game and even bigger performance from the Sooners squad. Parker, give me some takeaways. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from this Bedlam game was that the Sooners offense is really at its best when Jalen Hurts isn't the focal point. And that's no knock on Jalen Hurts, but I think it's become evident that when Hurts feels that he has to be the primary playmaker in an offense, he's prone to make mistakes. And Kennedy Brooks really emerged in a big way down in Stillwater. 22 carries for 160 yards and a touchdown in really the first game all year that we've seen him as the primary option on offense. So that was Really encouraging to me to see the shift in Lincoln Riley's play calling to lean more towards giving the ball to Brooks and Ramondre Stevenson on the ground as opposed uh, to running the zone read, the read option. Whatever they had been doing with Jalen Hurts had kind of run its course, and I think we saw that against TCU. The Horn Frogs were all over that scheme. Lincoln Riley really changed things up, I think, for the better, and that showed on the field against Oklahoma State. My biggest takeaway was the defense. After starting the season off, only giving up 19 points a game through five games, Oklahoma kind of fell apart a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. They had games of 48 and 41 back-to-back Kansas State and uh, Iowa State. So I think it was big for Oklahoma to get out and really prove that this defense is still really good. They're still really improved, even though they, they kind of struggled for a while. They were back. They were forcing turnovers. We had we saw just a lot of really good flying to the football, whether that be you know in the turnover game, in tackling and stuff like that. It looked really good. They held Chuba Hubbard to his second lowest yardage output for the entire season for the, the Doak Walker Award finalist. So big-time defensive game for Oklahoma, and it was a really it was a breath of fresh air. All right, well, I'm calling the two of you out for some of your past critiques. Oh, here we go. Parker Thune, you have historically been very critical of Parnell Motley, who had a fantastic game this past weekend in Stillwater. It's true. I want to hear you just tell me your thoughts on that. And I'm not saying that your critiques haven't been unjustified in the past. And they certainly have. Yeah. Um, But uh, tell me about what your thoughts on Parnell Motley were. I I was really encouraged by the play from Parnell Motley against Oklahoma State in that I thought it was the first game all year that we've really seen him play aggressive. And I think Motley is one of those players that throughout the course of this season has kind of been playing under the shadow of the old Mike Stoops mindset in which those defensive backs were eight yards off the line of scrimmage and it seemed like they were constantly on their heels, afraid to make a mistake, afraid to get burned. And when that's your mindset... That's usually what ends up happening is you get burned. And we've seen that time and time again with Parnell Motley. And yet with Alex Grinch coming to Norman this year and instilling that new defensive philosophy, we saw players kind of take to it on different timetables. Jaden Davis is a true freshman was one of the earliest to kind of display that new Alex Grinch style of speed D. Buki Radley Hiles kind of emerged towards midseason, and now I finally think we're starting to see Parnell Motley come around and really fulfill Alex Grinch's mission in the secondary specifically. And that's really good to see because at this point in time, I think the Sooner secondary is playing just as well as they have all year. And 
that's not coming from one player. That's coming from everybody. Yeah. Spencer Forsyth, someone you've been critical of historically, is Brendan Radley-Hiles, better known as Buki. Now, he has had a, several games that he's been playing significantly better than he was towards the beginning of the season. Specifically noted were uh, some of his um, just big tackles and takeaways. So tell me about what your your thoughts were after his performance against Oklahoma State. Well, like you said, I've been pretty critical of Buki. I just He was the five-star, the lone five-star um, in the 2018 recruiting class. And, you know, he came in with a lot of hype that he was going to be the shutdown corner. And he really just struggled from the start to, to tackle and to even force takeaways. Um, and, you know, he started out this season pretty strong. Um, but then I, I think as the defense started to kind of regress back to the mean um, throughout the season, I think we saw Buki kind of undergo the same thing. Um, so it was really good, I think, for all Sooner fans to be able to see him kind of play to his potential as that five-star guy. You know, the the ratings in recruiting are, are talking about potential and what they can become, not quite who the player is right now. So I think seeing Buki kind of live up to that five-star potential uh, was really good. And, you know, I think it was evidenced by the play where he he stripped Chuba Hubbard in, like, the second drive of the game. And, um, you know, it's something that, you know, he's been really good at in in past defense and kind of tackling and he's like a really you know hard hitter that's kind of what he's you know puts his pride in but the fact that he was able to kind of get in the tackling game and rip the ball from Chuba Hubbard a guy that's you know as highly prestigious running back that he is it was great all right so moving from Stillwater towards the Big 12 championship there's one game on Friday night that is very important in the Sooners search for uh, a playoff berth for the third year in a row Parker the Utah Utes and the Ducks of Oregon are going up against each other in the Pac-12 championship. Tell me about what you think the the implications of that game could have, and will the Sooners get in over the Utes if the Utes win and the Sooners win against Baylor? Well, let me toot my own horn for a second. I've been saying it for weeks, and I'll continue to say it. This Utah football team is a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. They absolutely deserve that ranking as the number five team in the country. And if they win convincingly over Oregon, I'm not convinced it matters what Oklahoma does on Saturday, barring a blowout of epic proportions. If Utah wins this game by 15, 20 points, I say you can just about lock them in, assuming LSU holds serve against Georgia on Saturday. But the reality is Utah has been able to do one thing that Oklahoma hasn't, and that is dominate mediocre opponents. This team is averaging 35 points per game on offense this year. They're allowing just 10. So they're stingy on defense. They're prolific on offense. And you can knock their resume. You can say, you know, maybe they haven't played as high a caliber teams throughout the season as Oklahoma has. But the reality is they can't help it that the rest of their conference sucks. All they can do is go beat the pants off those teams that are on their schedule, and that's what they've done. And that's why they're the number five team in the country. Now, Oklahoma's obviously hoping that Oregon can do them a favor and knock off Utah to make Oklahoma's journey to the college football playoff that much easier. And, you know, should the chips fall that way, Oklahoma's in a good spot because if LSU wins, if Utah wins, there's really no other challenger that could give them a run for that number four slot on Selection Sunday. But that said, I think Utah's winning this football game tomorrow night. Spencer, I have a different question for you. The game is Friday night, and the Big 12 championship is on Saturday. The 
the implications of Utah winning would be huge against the Sooners and could be discouraging or encouraging depending on how that game goes. How does that play into the atmosphere in the locker room and just the, the momentum building up to taking the field in Arlington for the Sooners and the Bears on, on Saturday? I think in both scenarios, it's motivating for the team in the locker room. And they'll probably come out in the media and say, like, we, we weren't paying attention to what happened. And, you know, I we didn't really pay attention to it. We just went out and played our game. But realistically, if if Utah goes out and loses... That motivates everyone in the Oklahoma locker room that we win and we're in, so let's go do this. If Utah wins, then they'll know, you know, Utah did win, so we've got to go put it on Baylor. We've really got to go out and perform. So I think either way, I think the ability to watch Utah play before them kind of gives them a little bit of an advantage in kind of a motivation factor that, like, regardless, they know what they need to do in order to maybe boost their performance in the Isaac Committee. The Sooners have a lot to prove in this game on Saturday, especially after a not even mediocre first half, an utter travesty of a first half the last time they played Baylor. Let's talk about that game. Parker, what do the Sooners need to do to solidify their spot in the playoff against Baylor what do you need to see from them if you're the committee and you think that uh what what do they need to do to convince you well I think you got to have a pretty significant reversal of the last game and I think that begins with Oklahoma scoring first in this contest I think if the committee sees Oklahoma outpace the Bears from the get-go if Oklahoma can put a couple scores on the board, make Baylor try to play catch up with them and really make this a wire to wire win, then that's a statement for Oklahoma, a statement the likes of which we haven't seen so far this season. They've won games. A lot of these games they haven't won convincingly. And so if they can get out there and establish their game plan and make Baylor play their game as opposed to vice versa, like we saw in that first half in Waco then that's what makes the committee take note in my eyes. Love it. Spencer, I want to talk about Baylor with you for a second. Matt Rule has transformed this program that essentially looked like it was going to be in disrepair for years after the scandal a few years ago with Art Riles. Um, Talk to me about what Matt Rule has done with this program, and if you're the committee, what do you need to see from Baylor in order to, to make your case against both Oklahoma and Utah? Man, Baylor could not have had a more home run of a hire than Matt Rule. There's a reason that Matt Rule was getting NFL coaching looks after a 1 and 11 and then a 6 and 6 season, 7 and 6 season. He Matt Rule has completely transformed that locker room, but he's he's so much more than a coach. He's a motivator, he's a friend to his players, and I think that you know, I we, we we've talked about this a little bit. Matt Rule might just be my favorite coach in the Big 12, bar none. I think I might like Matt Rule as a coach more than I like Lincoln Riley, just because, you know, I've kind of been able to watch Matt Rule from the outside. And even though, you know, I'm a big fan of Lincoln Riley, you know, just the way Matt Rule kind of handles himself and handles his program, I just, I really respect it. So as far as Matt Rule is concerned, Baylor has absolutely hit a home run there. In terms of making the college football playoff, I think it's it's pretty obvious what has to happen for Baylor. They need Oregon to win, and then they need to beat Oklahoma. And if that were to happen, as long as LSU, you know, obviously they're the favorites to beat Georgia. If LSU can beat Georgia, I don't think there's any way Baylor doesn't get in if they beat Oklahoma and if Oregon were to beat Utah on Friday. All right, well, Spencer, hit me with your scouting report for Baylor. Big opponent, big game. The last time these two met in Waco, 
Who do the Sooners need to watch out for? I think it's pretty obvious. The Big 12 is a quarterback-driven league. Uh, you really can't win if your quarterback um, doesn't play well. So I'm going to go with Charlie Brewer. I just think that you know the Austin native, he's played in big games. He's had some really big moments. And you know his first half against Oklahoma was really, really good. Lot, like He had thrown two touchdowns. He ran for touchdowns. I mean, he was looking really, really good. And then they kind of the wheels fell off in the second half, and we know how that went. For for Baylor, the biggest thing is going to be consistency, and I think Charlie Brewer is the key to that. Parker, hit me with your scouting report. Who the Baylor Bears have that the Sooners need to to watch out for and shut down? Yeah, I think it would be easy to say Denzel Mims because he's been the go to guy all season for Baylor. But I'm also keeping my eye on Jamichael Hasty a guy who has been a rock for Baylor at the running back position all year, but was really essentially taken out of the game plan against Oklahoma when they faced off the first time around in Waco after he fumbled after I believe it was Pat Fields that or it was Parnell Motley that punched out Pat Fields recovered it and that was really the end of the run game as a whole from Baylor they didn't seem to have any confidence in going back to it so I'll be interested to see whether Baylor can try and establish the run game early against Oklahoma and if Jermichael Hasty can provide some gash gains early on I think Hasty's a really good point because you know Kansas State kind of laid the groundwork of controlling time of possession against Oklahoma so the run game is absolutely vital to that all right, well, to wrap it up, let's talk about the game and your predictions for this Saturday. Parker, who do you think is going to win it? What, what's your final score prediction? Yeah, I've got Oklahoma in a 34-24 to 24 ball game. I think we're going to see the Sooners play the exact same type of football that we saw in Bedlam because it worked. I think they're going to try to play at a slower pace than they usually do. Keep the ball on the ground with Kennedy Brooks as much as possible. Try to chip away at this Baylor run defense. And in the end, look, the Sooners have been on this stage before, and they've delivered on this stage before. And I like them to take home their fifth consecutive Big 12 championship on Saturday. Spencer Forsyth, hit me with your prediction. Man, as much as I want to go with Oklahoma, this is about as torn as I've been trying to pick an Oklahoma game in a long time. Um, I'm going to go with Baylor and... The main reason why is because even though Baylor hasn't been necessarily in this in this situation before, um, I just think Matt Rule has done a good enough job getting his team ready that I think they'll be ready to play. And they're coming off the big you know upset against Oklahoma where they were they were up huge, they blew it. I think they're going to come in ready to play and really aggressive towards that. And you know this is this is kind of uncharted territory for Baylor. It's an opportunity for them that you know everything's going to be in front of them. If Oregon is to lose, everything's in front of them. They can go make their first playoff appearance and take this program to new heights just two years after being one and eleven. So I think with all of that, I think Baylor is just. I think they're going to be ready to play, and I just I don't know why, but I just have this bad feeling about Oklahoma. Kickoff at 11 a.m. between the Sooners and the Bears from the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Um, Keep it tuned to Game Day U on socials. We'll have lots of content coming to you for Selection Sunday and hopefully some post-game information uh, as well. So lots of exciting stuff coming from us. This has been the Game Day U Producers Podcast for Parker Thune and Spencer Forsyth. I'm Kurt Watson. Make sure to watch Game Day U Saturday morning at 8 a.m. and the replay at 10 a.m. an hour before kickoff.